1: What I wanted to talk to you about today, and those that are watching, one of the the biggest things, and I know this has changed a ton uh, since I went to public school, and I went to public high school as well, and um, it seems like, obviously, and this is Bible prophecy, the closer we get to the coming of Jesus, uh, the darker the world will get, in a sense. We know that the Bible says that an an antichrist spirit will continue to uh, get more and more prevalent in the world. And uh, that the frequency of those things we see will oh, yeah. get closer and closer together, more and more intense. Matthew twenty four. So I didn't real I didn't really see the same kinds of persecution uh, in public school, for example, like that you would have seen right. or are seeing. Right. Uh, and 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 I use that term not as heavily as we're seeing it overseas, obviously, right. but in America there is pushback without question uh, against the spirit of Christ. And so I wanted to talk today because there's people watching. That their kids have to deal with this going to public school. And so, like, there's, and here's here's the thing there's this big um, thought process difference between some parents and others. Some parents are like this you know, the world is evil. Uh, I don't want my kids going to public school. I want my kids in a private school. I want a more protected environment. I want my kids in a Christian school. I want my kids in a, to do homeschool. Right. Um, because I don't want them being around that net junk. Right. You know? Right. But then there's other parents that say, "No, uh, my kids are uh, children of God. Right. My kids are anointed. Mm-hmm. My kids, and, and so I want my kids to be a light in the darkness." Right. I know those are like the two main uh, talking points when it comes to sending your kids to public school. Mm-hmm. And uh, many, many are believing obviously that their kids will make a difference in mm-hmm. public school. Right. Um, I would, ha- I would say, and I'm sure I don't know how you would feel about this. That's all going to depend on how much the parents have prepared their kids. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> because big I mean, time. you were t- we were talking yesterday. There are kids who go to a public school, who their parents went to church or right. do go to church, but the kids themselves, you know, they don't really know anything about the right. Lord.
2: Right. They just have faith through their parents. So it's not like. Their own personal experience. They got kind
1: of dragged to church. Right, right. And their parents never practice it at home, Mm -hmm. never explain it to them, don't raise them up really. Yeah. And so what's it like? You come into contact with somebody like that, it's almost like because they're forced to go to church, but they don't serve the Lord personally.
2: Right. They're not prepared to like talk about it. So they'll steer the conversation away from it and not, you know, go deep into it. And they're not really willing to explain themselves because they themselves don't know Right.
1: well, a and that's that's a big problem because oh yeah I forgot to do that brought to you by today's once again rockstar juiced and you're drinking Lacroix the lime Lacroix it's a good morning it's rockstar juiced and lime Lacroix um, one of the and we'll take questions too uh, hey welcome from Zambia got somebody watching from Zambia, Zambia. today um, one of the things that we want to talk about is is this issue of kids going into public school being prepared and ready. To do what they're called to do as believers, and you—you've done this. But one of the things that I've noticed the difference when I was in public school, um, we had a Bible club, right? You know, which public high school in West Virginia. uh, As long as it was sponsored by a teacher, you know, if there was any other club allowed in the school, then you were also allowed to have a club. They couldn't discriminate against you, Mm -hmm. which is still the case. Right. Um, But we—we really had a huge attendance. Um, at our Bible club, we had several hundred kids that would attend the Bible club on a monthly basis. And, uh, as I got to be the, I ended up being the president of the Bible club, like the last two years I was in high school. So I was able to like invite speakers, any preachers and speakers in that I wanted. Uh, we could have people come in and preach, uh, to the kids. Mm -hmm. We had a full out service, you know, know. in public high school. It got so big, we had to hold it in the auditorium of the school and, um, uh, we uh, to compare what what you're going to re- talk about. I didn't really see like a ton of pushback or or persecution, as it were, right. from the other kids in the in the high school. I mean, obviously really? there were atheists, right. obviously agnostics, and I knew some of them, but they weren't like militant in, oh. in, in like where they're coming. Like you guys shouldn't be doing church stuff at school. Right. It's you know, they, I never felt, faced any of that stuff um, in school. Hmm. However. As time has uh, progressed over the last two decades, you can clearly see oh, yeah. people are way more brazen. People are way more militant mm-hmm. than they used to be with their with their beliefs and trying to push them on you. Oh, yeah. And so I just had some things that, uh, and this will be helpful for those of you that are parents or grandparents. I wanted to just kind of talk about some things with Alex today. Um, and if by the way, if you didn't get a chance to share the broadcast, do that because this is going to help people for sure. Because we, one of the things we've got to do, and I, I quote this scripture all the time. You said this used to be your life scripture until mm-hmm. you, you, now you feel like it's it's something different. But that John 9, 4. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, in fact, if you have your Bible, um, right. I want you to read that verse of scripture. It'd be a great place to start today uh, on the broadcast because it's ur- the, the verse speaks of urgency. There's an urgency to do what we do. There's an urgency as Christians if you believe uh, what Jesus said about the end of time or Bible prophecy. And this is what Jesus said 2000 years ago, literally. Yeah. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day night is coming when no man can work. So that's a limited time offer that shows you that Christ is saying that there is a limited time to do the work we're called to do and we've got to get busy. And so, um, and we'll take some questions at the end. Karen, don't forget that question because we want to, we want to get into this right. and then we'll, we'll take some questions at the end. But Karen, please post that at the end again when we're taking questions. Um, first thing I kind of want to go over and, and listen carefully to this, because those of you that do have kids or grandkids in public school, this right here, will today will help them today. will definitely help them. Patty <laughs> said a lot easier to have Bible study at school since we're all locked in our house. Yeah, absolutely true. Um, Yeah, Jamie, as Phil Hutchings in Canada, is this your son? Something you haven't told him. So, first question I really want to ask you about is, uh, you know, it's been two decades at least since I've been in public school. Right? Um, How is Christianity now viewed in in public schools, like among the students? Right.
2: Mainly, the only thing I can think of, like as the main view, is that it's a it's a list of do's and don'ts. So it's very legalistic. Like, if you're a Christian, you can't go to these parties or you can't, you know, drink or you can't have fun at
1: all. So basically it's like Christianity is just like all the things you can't do. Right, they right. focus on just There's don't no, don't do this. Right. It's a negative view. Yeah.
2: It's a, it's a completely negative view. Yeah.
1: And so people um, basically, I guess like as they're looking at Christians, it's it's just a bunch of like wet blankets. Like you, can, right? Yeah. everything yeah. fun you've cut me out of in life, yeah. right? Is yeah. like, there's like a pushback because they don't understand the goodness of God. Right. Number one, yeah, they don't understand the benefits of, of living for the Lord. Obviously, so that's the, one of the main misconceptions is people just think that you know when you get saved, just everything fun is cut out of yeah. your life. Is is basically yeah. is basically the thing. So do you actually see? I mean, as far as your own personal uh, experience, have you seen persecution or pushback in public school in regards to Christianity?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mainly from kids, but some from teachers too. Because you know they've got they've there's an agenda, obviously. Sure. And um, they push you know that science um, is is against Christianity, and there's mm-hmm. no there's no meeting of the two. Right. And that um, if you believe in science, there's no way you can be as foolish. To believe Christianity because right. it's like it's not scientifically possible so right. you know th- there's a big pushback on that so. And by the way
1: if you guys watched yesterday when I played that message by Vody Bauckham um why I okay. choose to believe the Bible he made such a phenomenal point and if you missed this okay. you need to go back and watch it uh he made the point that Anybody that says that you should try to prove the historicity of the Bible or the inerrancy of scripture by science is a fool because they don't know what they're talking about right. because you don't use the methods of science to prove historical things. He said anything that... Like, you can't even use the methods of science to prove that George Washington was our first president or that uh, Julius Caesar existed as a person, um, and so... He breaks that down of what the methods of science are. You know, it has to be observable, has to be repeatable, has to be testable. Right. None of those things can be done for historical things. So you have to use a whole separate means of evidence for things that are historical versus scientific. And so anybody that pushes that on you that, uh, you know, Christianity is not real because you can't prove it by science. Well, nobody would, archaeologists don't try to prove history by science. You pr- You prove it by other means of evidence. Right. And so, there's, there's obviously there's this mindset that you're uh, foolish mm-hmm. or dumb if right. you think if you believe Christianity, and they always try to make it like you have to believe Christianity over science. Right, right. Yeah. You know, if you if you, literally if you went by that, if you go by the actual means of of the scientific method, no one can even prove that the theory of evol- evolution is true. right. They yeah. they can't. It's not observable. Mm-hmm. Number one, uh, by the way. Kids need to hear this. anybody that goes to school in in university or high school. Number one, evolution's not observable. It's never been observable. Right. You can't. You can't. Uh, you can't observe it happening. It's not repeatable. Well, we're not mm. seeing it repeated. And I understand they say, well, it happened over million millions of years, but there's no transitionary fossils.
2: I know. It's that's... not
1: observable. Uh, there's nowhere in history where you can observe the transition of one animal to another in fossil yes. record. Mm-hmm. And so, there, I mean, all these things that they want you to just swallow, hook, line, and sinker, they don't even have the proof to back up what they believe.
2: Right. They just say it's under the you know banner of science. So right. You have to believe science, so you have to believe evolution. Yeah.
1: And it's true. Dixie's saying it all comes back to evolution versus creationism in the school. Oh, yeah. And the sad thing to me is, is that anybody with a brain, like those of you that are uh, that are watching, that are partnered with us, you know that we're this month we're giving you, uh, as a partner, the book The End by Dr. Mark Hitchcock which is a comprehensive guide to end times Bible prophecy. Um, One of the things that I appreciate that he does uh, in that book is that he doesn't just try to push his view of end times Bible prophecy on you. He provides all the views and then tells you why he believes his is the right one. But he doesn't steal your ability to see the other views. He just presents them to you and why those people believe what they believe. And then he tells you why he believes what he believes. Public school does not even do that for you. Right, no. You know, they don't just, they don't, if you go to class and start to learn about uh, evolution, they don't sit there and say, now there are others that believe in creationism. Right, they just you know,
2: go straight
1: go. I mean, in. did you encounter any curriculum at all that that presented creationism?
2: No, not I at mean, all. Do, they,
1: do they even do that in public school?
2: I mean, from sixth grade, they started at sixth grade, and then there's no part where um they even debate at all it's just straight so even in the
1: textbooks there's no uh presentation of creationism so basically is you know while others don't adhere many others don't adhere to the the theory of evolution there's over a billion people on the earth that don't adhere to the theory of, of evolution and probably more that aren't even christians but they don't even take the time to tell you what one-seventh of the population of the earth believes and uh, adheres to. So you've got you've got an agenda being pushed uh, of something that's not even provable, but now our faith is being attacked right. in public settings, uh, and we're being told that we're foolish for having the beliefs that we have when the people teaching us can't even prove the things that they're teaching right. or yeah. that they believe. It's just, it, that's insane that we're made to feel like we're foolish mm-hmm. or or less than intelligent mm-hmm. because we have a belief that does not align with the curriculum or the agenda that's being taught when they don't even have any proof. Right. Even
2: my sixth grade science teacher, which was when we went over evolution for the first time, she was a Christian. <laughs> I knew she was actually the sponsor of the Bible study that awesome. I started. So... When she went over that, I was like, "All right, we're gonna get some, you know, representation." You know, she's and they're not allowed it. to do that. She didn't even talk about it. Like well, I, I, they're I think not I read, allowed. Right.
1: <clears throat> I don't think it has anything to do with, you know, it's uh, For example, when I, like I was telling you, mm. when I went to uh, high school, the one that sponsored our Bible club mm. was uh, a deacon from our church, oh. and he was the science, one of the science teachers in the science department mm. at our high school. But <clears throat> obviously, if you're employed by the school funded by the state. You can't just go changing the curriculum around. You have to teach what's in the curriculum. You're not allowed to impose your uh, faith beliefs on the students. Um, But that's why we have those, those things like the Bible club Mm -hmm. that are available for students. So you'd say that there is a a persecution or pushback from students and sometimes faculty. Oh yeah. Depending on what's going on. Um, Look at that study. Jessica said the studies show the the majority of Americans actually don't believe in evolution, even those that aren't Christian. Right. Yeah. And so, I and mean, it's it's pretty crazy that they still to this day, with something that's not repeatable, something that's not uh, observable, still teach it like it's absolute fact. Mm-hmm. It blows my mind. And then in the in the same breath, and it gets worse when you go to university because when you go into a a place of higher learning and higher criticism, then they start hammering you. If you're a, a Christian or if you have faith beliefs, they start. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important that you know what you believe. Mm-hmm. Right. You've got, and those of you that are sending your children to school, you would do well to equip them. Part, part of what the Bible teaches in Proverbs, if you'll train up a child in the way that he should go, Proverbs 22. Well, training is more than just taking someone to church. Right. Yes. It's, it, it's actually teaching them, giving them knowledge that they can stand on and that they can use throughout their life. Because the Bible says Peter, the apostle, commanded us as believers in 1 mm-hmm. Peter 3, 15, that we're always to be ready to right. give an answer to those that have questions about what we believe. We're commanded to be able to give an answer. So our children have to be prepared to give an answer for their faith. You can't just say, well, how come you believe in Jesus? Well, I think that's what my family believes. Right. You know, yeah. That's not an answer. You've got to be able to give an answer uh, to those that are asking you. So, um, you see that pushback. The question I have is how, how do the students in your school that may, they, they serve Jesus, right? How, how does that cause them to react in, in those environments?
2: Well, it's funny, uh, right after elementary school, we're going way back, but right after elementary school over the summer, you kind of, you kind of get ready to go into, you know, the real, you know, public school. And you, you like, I remember. The summer after my fifth grade year, I went to uproar, and I got so on fire, and I was so ready to go into middle school, you know, share the gospel and everything. Mm-hmm. But you you think it's just going to be easy, like you just tell people, lead them to Jesus, and it's like it's like you know, bada boom, bada bang, whatever yeah. it was. But uh, <laughs> bingo bango. Bingo bango. Bongo. And, yeah, and and I think a lot of a lot of Christians think like that, but when you get into public school, it, it like hits you like a brick wall. Like you're like. I didn't prepare that it was going to be so such pushback. Right. Right. Because there are such strong beliefs against Christianity, mm-hmm. and they're, they're not afraid to you know share their beliefs. So
1: yeah, that's a phenomenal idea, Billy, and had apologetics for kids, and that's oh, exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Is that people have to be ready, um, you know, to to give that answer, and and many times there's not material available. For kids to have and be equipped with, mm-hmm. you know, I think it'd be even good. Maybe I'll work to put something like that together, but almost like a a, a kids like a reference book. Oh so yeah. If I'm asked about this, here's what I say. Yeah, that
2: would be that would be really.
1: Cool. You know, it's like we, I remember uh, when I worked for um, in, when I was in Bible school, mm-hmm. I worked for Mastercard mm-hmm. as a collections uh, guy on the phone. And so they give you like a little booklet Mm -hmm. so that like any excuse people have, you just flip to that page and say, actually, though, instead, you know, and then you have an answer for every excuse. That would be a phenomenal tool uh, for kids. I will say this for those of you that are watching, a really, really phenomenal resource, a book that's available that would be great for every one of you to have is a book called Tactics. By um, Greg Kokel, and that's K O U K L, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, Gregory Kokel. Um, a phenomenal book on how to engage conversation with those that don't believe like you believe and how to have conversation with them in a productive way that helps them to see what you're talking about and helps you better understand where they're coming from. And uh, that, that's what it's called Tactics. Phenomenal book. You can get an ebook version too. Um, so, how, The question I'm asking basically is like, so you have Christian students that are in the school, but because of this pushback, because of all that, how do you think that that um, makes kids react in those situations? Well, they
2: start to question like, first of all, they question, what do I actually believe this? Because like you said, there's kids that Mm -hmm. just grew up in church. So they're like, you know, they're just trained to like say, this is what my family believes or whatever. So they go in and they start questioning, well, is this what I actually believe? And if they do and they still get the pushback. They'll they'll quiet down and you know because there's like a mentality. I remember Cody Spencer was uh, speaking at uproar a couple of years ago and he was like, he said something like, they'll try to say like, shut up, little Christian, just be quiet, little Christian, and they'll they'll stifle what you have to say. Right. Right. And a lot of kids, a lot of kids um, pull back. Don't you know?
1: And that's obviously why we need the boldness of the Holy right. Spirit yes. as that we're doing what we're what we're uh, called to do as Christians and however wherever you're living your life. Whether it's at a job, uh, whether it's at college, whether it's in high school, wherever you are, you have to be able to live with the boldness of the spirit uh, to continue to stick to what the Bible says and to continue to uh, push for those to be saved. The author, Kayla, was Greg Kokel. I think it's K-O-U-K-L. K-O-U-K-L, I believe. Tactics is the name of the book. Um, so here's the, here's the thing. Even though people scream and shout about you know separation of church and state, right. all yeah. that stuff. I mean, that's such a huge conversation. Um, it doesn't mean what most people think it means. Right. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't do anything Christian at school. Yeah, that's, that's not right. at all what the separation of church and state is. Yeah. Um, but and so so kids, many times those students don't realize the rights that they have right. as a Christian student and what you're allowed to do at school. You know, mm-hmm. for example, like you could, you can have your Bible at school. Mm-hmm. You can read your Bible at school right. as long as it's not interrupting a class or taking mm-hmm. you away from what's being right. done. You know, if you're on lunch break, or whatever you can, you can have a Bible and mm-hmm. read your Bible. Yeah. You as a, as a believer can share your faith with other students. Right. And yeah. That's not against the law because of separation of church and state yeah. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things you did, which any school allows mm-hmm. Um, That has any kind of clubs or meeting sessions Mm -hmm. that are extracurricular. um, You started a Bible study in your public school. Right. And so basically the way that works is what? uh, If there's any other club being held. You you have to
2: be allowed to have your club.
1: So they they can't discriminate against you uh, as a a Christian wanting to have a Bible club or a Bible study. If you've got other groups doing anything else. No. It doesn't even have to be religious, right? Me- mean? me- meaning like the other clubs don't have to be like a Catholic club or a Muslim oh, no. club. Or- as long as, I mean, if there's anything, a Spanish yeah, club right. or, you know, whatever, there theater has, they club. They have to allow a Christian club. Because they can't, they can't discriminate against your children uh, or other students if other students are having extracurricular clubs and meetings. Uh, but how does it work? So uh, someone has to sponsor it or how does it work? So
2: the first thing I did is I went to guidance and then I got permission to do it, which they'll, they'll give you. Because
1: they have to, to.
2: yeah. And then you have to get a sponsor that works there to sit in on the meeting. They don't have to, you know, lead lead it. They just have to be in the same room.
1: So faculty Mm -hmm. has to be a sponsor of your club or your Bible study. Yes. And so there's difference. And and I I guess it would depend on how your school functions. For example, when I was telling you about my school, um, all the clubs that took place at our high school Mm -hmm. took place during class sessions. Okay. So once a month, there was a club day. Mm Mm-hmm. And that in each period, there was maybe 10, 15 clubs meeting. Mm -hmm. And for example, if you were a member of that club that met at second period, then you got to skip your second period class and go to to the club. Yeah. Um, What you were doing was
2: uh, after school, correct? Right. Because they don't, at least in my school, they didn't
1: um, do during class time. Okay. So basically, it has to match whatever your school does. If your school has during class clubs, then you can have that like we Mm -hmm. did. If not, you know what he did. And you you might even think to yourself like, you know, there's nobody, no kid is going to want to stay after school to do Christian stuff at school. (laughs) But he he actually launched a Bible club at his school, a Bible study, uh, I should say. And you had up to like twenty 27 20 kids, kids, right, yeah. mm-hmm. that were saying. So, I mean, it's not that kids aren't hungry. It's not that students aren't right. hungry for it. It's just that many times maybe they've not been given an outlet
2: right. to yeah. do
1: what they know to be right. right. And, uh, you know, that's why we're, we're encouraging you. If you're that student at your school, if you have a child, if you have a grandchild, encourage them. Be the person who gives the outlet, yeah. you know, that makes the outlet yeah. available.
2: Uh, who's that? Uh, Matt? Matt elevated. Matt elevated. <laughs> he said, "We have an LGBT club. club. Q A plus yeah. club. I have that at my school too, and yeah. it's they hang big banners like Gay Straight Alliance Club, and they they shout it. And yep. yeah, it's it's a big thing. There's Pastor Cody
1: Spencer right there. Cody if you're Spencer. just joining, Pastor Cody, he's quoting your he's quoting your sermons from <laughs> from Uproar on, the, on the broadcast. Um, but it's true that are... And, and, and here's what we need to realize, because we can many many times, Christians can feel marginalized. We mm-hmm. can feel like we're shoved into the corner and into the shadows, while other people are like in the open, oh, yeah. massive banners celebrating that. But you have to remember, all those other groups that scream discrimination, mm-hmm. they're now trying to do the same things to believers, right? whether yeah. Catholic or Protestant, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They want us to shut up. And they want to be loud. Right. But see, that's the wonderful thing about freedom is that no one can be discriminated against. So if you've got the Gay Straight Alliance, LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus club, whatever else, you have to be allowed to do the same things. It's, mm-hmm. it's equal opportunity and freedom without discrimination. So if you have a group of people that... And Allison's asking, are you allowed to hang things for your club? Oh yeah! If, if other clubs can, then you know we can. Right. So that's that's the wonderful thing about uh, a, a non-discriminatory environment is that you have the same rights to do what other students have the same rights to do. Yep. So don't ever feel like you can't. Because the bottom line is, don't be tricked. You know, people. a lot of people right. are tricked into believing separation church and state. You can't do Christian stuff at yeah. school. That's a lie. Yeah. You can do. That's why they have, um, did they do it at your school with the um, the prayer around the flagpole?
2: No, they didn't do that at my school. But I, I heard, What's really, There's it an to... actual
1: day, you know, that we used to do at our school. There's like a national day oh, where well. uh, students will meet. Cody, if you're still on, give me the heads up on that. It's called like meet at the flagpole or something like that. I can't remember what they I've called it. I've heard
2: about it. that, but they didn't do that at my school.
1: Yeah. So basically it's just it's just that they have to have somebody who uh, sponsors and arranges it, I guess, is the only mm-hmm. thing. But it's I don't know if it's called like let's meet at the flagpole or something like that. And I remember we had it and it was a massively attended thing wow. where, you know, you go out in front of They have the American flag in front mm-hmm. of the school and you got kids circling the American flag and just praying for their school, praying for their teachers, praying for their country. Uh, praying for the students and so um, you know don't believe ele- elevate elevated okay
2: elevate.
1: um don't sit there oh. it is see you at the poll that's what it's oh, called okay. see you at the poll and so that's been something that's been around since I was in high school and probably before then but it really just has to be sponsored by somebody and i think Cody if i'm if i'm right uh, they do it before first bell is is that not correct it's like, as everybody's arriving at school, they just meet at the flagpole before first bell and and take the time to pray before the first bell goes off. But it's, it, it's, don't believe this lie. Those of you that are watching, don't believe this lie that, you know, there's, you can't do things because, you know, it's a separation of church and state. It's illegal to do Christian things at school. Yeah. That's not true at all. It's a great thing. Uh, uh, to know, because there's so many people that would make you feel like, well, oh, yeah. you know, that doesn't have its place yeah. in school. Right? and <laughs> like they would, they would talk to you like that, like you know, that that really Christianity's uh, and trying to push Christianity, that's a little out of place. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit, um, you know, what what would what word would they use? Inappropriate. inappropriate. That's yep. inappropriate in a school environment. School it's setting. not inappropriate. Everything else is appropriate except Christianity and our beliefs. That's not true. That's the wonderful thing about living in a free country. It really mm-hmm. is. That we have freedom to express our religion. We have freedom of speech. It's a wonderful thing. I mean, there's no other nation that has the so many rights and freedoms afforded to them as the United States of America does. And uh, our Bill of Rights are so phenomenal. And the thing about it is, I was telling Alex about this. There is an attorney, a Christian attorney by the name of Jay Sekulo. Mm-hmm. Who actually, when I was in high school, I had this publication he put out. And I now I can't seem to find it. It was called the Students' uh, Bill of Rights Handbook, and basically what it was. And Cody, do you know anything about that? The um, yeah, Cody started the National Day of Youth Evangelism last year at Uproar, and wow. uh, that's phenomenal. They've got a whole t- put in the website where we can get all the information on that, Cody. But did you know anything about Jay Seculo's handbook, Cody? Um, the student's bill of rights handbook that allowed students to know everything they were legally allowed to do as Christians at school. I mean, that, that right there is um, a phenomenal tool to have in your hand. You have to know what your rights are or you'll never exercise them. And that's exactly right. Dixie made a great point. If you don't use and embrace your rights, someone else will take them. Yes, absolutely Mm -hmm. true. And that's the thing, right? Is if you're not solid in -hmm. what you know is yours, you know, if someone comes up to you in school and says, You can't do that here. Right. You say, Oh, I didn't know I couldn't do it here, and then just won't do it. Right. Because you don't know you have the right to do it.
2: Right. They'll push you and push you and push you farther and farther. You
1: have to know. N D Y E, National Day of Youth Evangelism.org. N D Y E.org. Um, yeah, I appreciate that, Cody. Because I had it. I had a copy of it when I was in high school, and I don't know where it went. I was very um, irresponsible. Uh, so. What happened? So you launched your Bible study um, mm-hmm. in, in uh, public school, and obviously there was some pushback.
2: There, yes, there was pushback. It's It was mostly, you know, mockery, ridicule. They came up with a name for me, actually, and I didn't realize this until like a year or two ago. They called me Alex I Am Jesus, like I, Iaquinto, but Alex I Am Jesus. So his I last name was
1: Iaquinto, so they changed it, they changed it on you. It I'll was, take it. <laughs> I know. It was yep. great. So they and, called you Alex I Am Jesus. Yep.
2: And, and it, was actually, it was actually one of my best friends who came up with that. Really? Stab in the back.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. And it probably was, it was like, you know, tongue in cheek. I don't think, most people are not right. as, yeah, uh, they're not as like, villainous yeah. as, as someone. Right. Many, many times it's just like a, yeah. a, a joke in passing yeah. or whatever. But, um, you know, he wasn't trying to tear you off of your Christian purge, Urge, no. I'm sure. But, um, but people do that. But what, what ends up happening, you had real... Uh, Push back there. Wasn't there a kid that was like an atheist?
2: Oh hardcore atheist. Yep And this was in seventh grade and he was like he was Hardcore, I guess that's because how he's raised but Mm -hmm. he I think if I remember correctly He got his parents involved and his grandmother involved Mm -hmm. and the grandmother was a teacher at the school and one of the women I asked to sponsor the club. So when I got to her she was like she was like, "Oh, I know all about you." I was like,
1: <laughs> "Right." I was like, "What the?" Fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like she's done multiple yeah. background checks on your life. Yeah. I know about I you. Like, whatever that means.
2: <laughs> she was like, "She was like, yeah, my, my grandson has been talking about how you've been bullying him, and I literally, like, blew you away." Yeah, I was like, "Bullying him," and she was like, "Yeah, you're trying to push your Christian beliefs," and I w- I was just taken back by that because literally all I've done was invite him to the club and maybe Think about like. That. Talk about Jesus in his vicinity.
1: Think about that for a second, though. I want you to just, I want you to think about what this generation is like. Anything that I hear that I may not like, right. I can now term as bullying. Bullying, and, yep. And, and actually report that. So what is bullying? So what? basically what you're saying is if I exercise... And it's not like you were, we're not talking about hate speech. We're not talking about uh, publicly condemning people. We're Mm -hmm. not talking about, you know, not one of those like crazy, you know, hell's going to swallow you (laughs) up. I can't believe, you know, it's like not that, but literally an invitation Mm -hmm. to attend the Bible study Mm -hmm. and then also talking about Jesus, just talking about Jesus is now can be termed uh, bullying Bullying. Mm -hmm. in, in a public setting. It's insane. It's literally insane, and uh, and and that's that's a, a a system that's been allowed to flourish, and now there's there's this kind of pushback. So um, obviously nothing came of that, right?
2: Nothing because you have the rights to they do didn't it. Come to shut me down, or right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But obviously because you have you have legal right and right. precedent to that. If other clubs are, are doing that, mm-hmm. um, but you can just see. And one of the things people need to be prepared for is um, you know those that disagree those that Mm -hmm. are not on the same page as you are. Not everybody's going to like what you do.
0: Mm -hmm. Not
1: everybody's going to appreciate your Christianity and the fact that you love Jesus. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's going to do that. And so you have to be prepared. I think sometimes students, uh, their world is kind of rocked when they realize for the first time that there's people that not only don't believe what I believe, they hate what I believe.
2: Yeah, yeah. They they realize that there's a real body of people that that actually hate yeah. what you're standing on and what you believe. No question. Yeah. Jesus said, you'll be hated mm-hmm. for my namesake.
1: I'm sorry, All over the world. And mm-hmm. I love how Jesus put that. He said, if they hated the master of the house right. first, they're going to they're gonna right. hate the disciples. They're going to hate all of you too. And so, I mean, we can't be like blown away when there's people that don't believe like we believe right. yeah. or even are heavily opposed to what Mm -hmm. we believe. Doesn't mean we stop walking in love towards them. Doesn't mean that we start, you know, name calling or whatever else. You just continue to walk in love. You continue to do what Christ asked you to do and understand there is going to be pushback for the things that you're doing. Obviously, an anti-Christ spirit that's at work in the world, according to scripture, is not going to want the spirit of Christ being propagated. No question about it. Um, and so you launched that. There was pushback. It mm-hmm. didn't stand against you. Nobody could shut you down. Obviously, they don't have the right to shut right. you down. Yeah. But it also still brought hungry students into the, right. Bible, the Bible study. Yeah. I was blessed to be able to speak at the Bible oh, yeah. study uh, one of those times mm-hmm. when I was yeah. still living in Virginia. Um, so let me, let me ask you this question. How would you encourage students to engage their belief system at public school?
2: I would encourage them to one, get filled with the Holy Ghost because He is the one that gives you um boldness Amen. to to go out and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um don't yeah, just like he was saying, don't be taken back when you realize that there are people that are going to be against you. You have to realize that from the start and still push through that and still obviously show the love of Jesus. But after you've shared the gospel with them, you know, one, two times, realize that. If they're that against you, you're just going to have to move on.
1: I agree with that. Like, you know, one of the things that blows my mind is when Christians try to beat their head against a brick wall for like 10 years. And, and, you know, it's important to realize it's not my job to save somebody. Right. Yeah. You know, humans don't save others. Mm -hmm. We're to do what Jesus called us to do, which is to present the good news of Christ. Mm -hmm. And then I love what Jesus said to his disciples. If you go to a city or a town, where you preach my gospel and they don't receive you. He didn't mm-hmm. say stay there for 10 years yeah. and keep pushing it until they do. He said just shake the dust off your yeah. feet and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. There's a whole world full of people that need the gospel. And so it, I always use this analogy. Can you imagine if you were cutting your your grass by hand with a push mm-hmm. mower and you were doing squares, you know, cutting your lawn and then all of a sudden you come up to a tree stump in the middle of the yard <laughs> yeah. And, and you just keep trying to push that mower through the stump. Yeah. And then you just turn the mower off and say, I can't keep, I can't finish cutting the yard. There's a stump yeah. there. Well, no, anybody that has a brain just goes around the stump and keeps right. on cutting. Yeah. It's the same in the body of Christ with the Great Commission. You don't get to a stump that's trying to resist the harvest and say, well, I just can't do any more harvesting because they just don't receive. No, you just go around them and you keep on harvesting. That's the same that every one of us are called to do. Don't let hard-headed people or those that just don't want to believe stop you from doing what the Lord's called you to do. That's an excellent right. point. Yeah. So you'd say, get filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You'd say, uh, don't, like we just said, don't be frustrated by those that don't believe. Right. How would you encourage them to you know engage it in a public school? Like engage maybe their fellow students or um, do you have any tips for those that really want to be more effective at talking to their friends about Jesus?
2: Yeah, number one, don't act like it's like a weird thing. Like, don't be all, yeah, yeah, don't that's be like, true. come here, I need to tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about a friend I have. <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> act like. Did that actually happen to somebody? Me. Let me tell you about a friend <laughs> I have. His name is Jesus. <laughs> it's
2: like, that's crazy. Hey, yeah, yeah, you get that Psst. mindset that it's going to be so Psst. weird. Come here.
1: Meet me in the hallway. <laughs> Gotta tell you about a friend I have. He's like, what in the world? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that that's that's not gonna happen. That work. happened to you? No, like, I did that. Oh, you did that yeah. for real? You're using your own your examples. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't do that. It creeps people out. Let me just... <laughs> <laughs> It creeps people out.
2: <laughs> Meet me in the bathroom. <laughs> Ten minutes. A <laughs> whole bathroom. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Meet me in the bathroom in ten minutes. I want. Why? Yeah, I want to talk to you about Judy. Sure you do. Sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So you learn the hard way.
2: Yeah. Act like don't it's a that. normal thing. Don't yeah. they'll be all weird and creepy. That's
1: that's a great point.
2: Don't act like a pedophile in a band. Like, like that's...
1: <laughs> that is a great point. Do not be creepy. Yeah, Christianity is <laughs> not, not creepy. creepy. Yep, <laughs> Psst, like you're hiding in a shadow. Psst, come here, <laughs> little kid. Come here. All right. Um, <laughs> I have candy. No. Um. So yes, please, 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 do not be creepy about it. Let's so that's a great off. point. Uh, you know, be very normal. Right. You know, I one thing that I never have appreciated is when people get very churchy when they go into church. It's like they turn into a different person. Right. It's like you see yeah. them in the parking lot. Even I've seen people, like they even change their voice. You know, it's <laughs> like be, to become churchy. It's like, um, you know, you you see them in the parking lot and they're a normal person. Right. It's like, yeah. hey, what's up, man? Yeah, yeah, I had a great weekend. Good to see you. They get into church and the pastor's like, brother so-and-so, would you pray to open the service? Father God, we ask you now for thy divine blessings. <laughs> it's like, who are you? Well, Who did you just become? Super deacon? <laughs> Don't be weird. Uh, don't be different. Yeah. You know, be who God made you to be. Be normal. Don't right. be creepy. Mm-hmm. And don't be super spiritual uh Bible man. You know, yeah. like be a normal person mm-hmm. and share the love of God. That's right. an excellent point. Because the, the the more awkward, you know, I guess the best way to say it would be mm-hmm. most people, uh they take more from our body language than they right. do from oh, what yeah. we're saying. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you get all awkward and weird, they're going to feel awkward and weird. Yeah,
2: and then they're going to immediately exit
1: conversation. Yeah, absolutely true. John has left the chat. (laughs) John has left the chat. Um, That's a great point. I really, really like that because... Mm Too many people get awkward about it. But you know, wouldn't you say one of the main reasons they get awkward is because they're not comfortable knowing the information oh, themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to be caught like outside looking like a fool because they don't yeah. know what they're talking about. Right. So they get kind of awkward about it. Like I want to tell you about Jesus, mm-hmm. but I'm not really solidly found in the beliefs yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why it is important to know what you're talking about mm-hmm. and yeah. be comfortable with the information that yeah. you're sharing. No question. Um, so I, I would I would agree with that. Those are some of the best do, do you have anything thing that you would tell people like what are some of the best ways to evangelize at school? Like have you noticed something that works well or
2: Inviting them to church is obviously the easy way. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have to come up with the words yourself. Right. Obviously.
1: And And that's why it's helpful too when like youth pastors and youth groups and stuff have special events planned for Because it's, it's much easier rather than saying, and I kind of learned this as a youth pastor, Mm -hmm. much better than saying, Hey, would you like to go to church with me sometime? Yeah. Like someone can say, sure. Because it's like out in the future, there's no defined, you know, parameters. But when, uh, your youth pastor provides you with an opportunity by saying like, Hey, uh, on you know March the 27th, mm-hmm. we're going to be doing a such and such night, and it's mm-hmm. going to be a contest. We're going to give away prizes, whatever right. it might be. Yeah. So when it becomes an event,
0: mm-hmm. and you
1: invite to an event, there's a date, there's a time. Right. Yeah, you have to either uh, agree or not agree, mm-hmm. and it gets them there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so if you're watching, if you're if you work with youth, if you're a youth pastor, give your kids something that they can use. We used to do it once a month, mm-hmm. and what we would do is. Uh, we would set up uh, a night where we would create an event. I mean, early at the, earlier at the beginning, we would do it a little less than that, like once every two months, once every quarter, yeah. where we would create like an evangelism night. And the way that it would work is, we, would, we one of the things that was really successful for us, for us was called the Burger Bash. And what we would do is we'd have to say, invite all your friends that can eat, like whoever can eat, like seriously, <laughs> yeah. get them there because here's the contest. We're going to bring in hundreds and hundreds of hamburgers from McDonald's on huge tables. And then whoever can eat the most hamburgers within this period of time, we're going to give away an Xbox or right, an iPad yeah. or an iPod, whatever. Yeah. And so it gives your kids an event. We print up invitations for them mm-hmm. to take. They could hand them out at school. It showed all the prizes on the back. Nothing wrong with using bait to bring in unbelievers. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we would do it. But while we were had them there... We did a full service, mm-hmm. preached the gospel. We'd have kids saved all over the place. Oh, yeah. And um, it helps because when we have a tool of evangelism to invite, right, it helps a ton.
2: Mm-hmm. And they'll notice once they get inside the church, they'll notice something different. They'll Absolutely. have a, a certain piece about about the building.
1: You can feel the anointing yeah. of God. Yeah, No question. You can feel the spirit of God. Yeah, even
2: unbelievers, they'll know that there's something different.
1: We've had people come into our house here where we live that are workers, mm-hmm. handymen, people that are fixing stuff. And I've literally, without any prompting, no prompting, they've said to my wife or to me, like, man, I really, I really love coming to work at you guys' house, man. It's so peaceful in right. here. Yeah. He's like, I've never been in a house this peaceful before. Uh, I don't know what it is. I just feel so uh good when I'm in your house. Yeah. Like people that aren't even saved say that. I know. Not because we're preaching, not because we're singing worship music, yeah. they just feel the presence mm-hmm. of God in the house. Young people will feel that, mm-hmm. no question. Especially with so many homes where there's turmoil, oh yeah, where there's brokenness, mm-hmm. fighting, yeah, you know, all yeah. that stuff. No question about it. Um, what do you think is the biggest obstacle uh, to students expressing their faith in school?
2: Well, one, not knowing what what to say, and you know, being weird about it. And uh, let's see. There, there's all there's almost like it's like
1: what's the word you feel like it's it, like, part of it is that pushback there, that there is a pushback
2: but it's like a uh, taboo to talk about you know religion so you get
1: viewed as kind of like a uh, like a religious nut yeah,
2: job yeah a nut job yeah like like you, here comes bible alex here comes yeah. alex i am jesus yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah you get labeled like that yeah
2: yeah it's like
1: it's true i agree with that cuz i mean even like I, people didn't really know in my high school like even what my dad did but just because i was the Head of the Bible club because I would mm-hmm. invite people to youth group. People would call me preacher man. Oh yeah, Like, yeah. you know, here comes preacher man. You know, like, <laughs> and I I wasn't going around saying, I'm going to be a preacher one yeah. day. Like, none of that. It's just that they see that and they, they stick a label on right. you. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You see, that's one of the biggest pushbacks. Mm-hmm. You, get, you get the persecution. You get labeled as a religious wacko. Yeah. Uh, and then also just the timidity of not knowing. Yeah, the,
2: timidity is a big thing. Like,
1: you know you're supposed to do it, but then... How can you combat those things? I mean, how do you get pushed past that stuff?
2: You've got to realize that once you... You're called to go and preach the gospel mm-hmm. and lead people to Jesus. And it's not your job to save them. Right. And and God's Word never comes back empty or void. So you have to know that it accomplishes... It's going to accomplish yeah. what He sent it to do. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you, it's not all on you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's on the Holy Spirit to draw... Them to Jesus. Do you
1: feel like it would be super helpful for for young people to get a a sense of the urgency or the the, oh, yeah, the that, fact time's running say, right? out yeah. in,
2: in eternity? I remember right uh, right when I heard you preach that um, that message. Uh, the first time I heard you preach the message about, a message about John nine four was when I realized I was like, "Oh crap! It's like there's a message you preach called."
1: Um, I don't know. what is it, it? It was basically, I think the, the basis of the message was uh, like keys to be an effective soul winner. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was, one of them was having an eternal urgency. Urgency.
2: Yeah. It's so important to know that we are close to the end. Mm-hmm. And even if we weren't, people's lives are short. You're never promised tomorrow.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, even if, let's just say, for example, you're someone who doesn't even believe in, you know, the rapture. Right. You know, let's say you don't even believe in Bible prophecy. mm mm-hmm. Uh, think of just the 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 type of days that we're living in that are oh, yeah. violent people are losing their lives people are uh, are being killed school mm-hmm. shootings oh yeah a uh, terrorist attacks uh, in a tumultuous world mm-hmm. you know the even the danger that we're facing in America uh all kinds of crazy things are happening oh, yeah. so whether you believe in the rapture or don't believe in it whether you believe in end times Bible prophecy or not one thing you should know is my life is not, tomorrow is not promised to right. me as a human being, mm-hmm. you know, especially if I'm not saved, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and that, that right there should be enough urgency to know I could slip into eternity yeah. without being ready to see Jesus.
2: Right. And, um, you have to also realize that if you don't tell them, they might not ever hear and they will go to hell.
1: Right. And that's, that's such a huge, that's such a huge point because, um, Once you start to realize that the fact that God has given you personally a, what I call a circle of influence, Mm -hmm. for example, when you go to school, you see a group of people every single day that I'll never meet. Right. Yeah. So I'm a preacher, but I'll never meet them. Right. But you see them every day Mm -hmm. and you're a Christian. Right. So it's almost like God has given you those people as your opportunity. To let them hear from you. What if those people never go to church? Right. What if they never have a pastor, but they have you? Right. Because you're a believer and the the great commission, winning souls, is something given to every Christian to do. Yeah. And so I think that that's a very important point you brought up is that, you know, if you don't tell them, maybe they'll never hear it. Yeah. Maybe they'll never have an opportunity.
2: Yeah. And then they'll go to hell. You have to Get that urgency in your spirit that if you don't do it, no one will. And eternity is Is at stake. stake. No
1: question. And, and, you know, I think that's a great thing for people to get in their minds is that, like, there's no back door into heaven. Oh, yeah. You know, Paul was very clear about that in his writings, especially to the Romans. And he said uh, that it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the power of God unto salvation. How can they believe on him who they've never heard, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And the bottom line is Paul was trying to teach the Roman church that unless a preacher or someone gives someone the gospel, they have no opportunity right. to be saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None. So there is no salvation outside the gospel, which is why you made such a great point that if we don't do it, what if they, here's the question, what if they never get it from someone else? Yeah. You know what I mean? They what may if they never, they may get not, it never
2: encounter another Christian who's willing to do it. Mm-hmm. And God sent you or tugged at your heart for a reason to share the gospel.
1: No question about it. That's an yeah. excellent, excellent point. Um, so those of you that don't know, um, Alex has felt, um, the call of God to, to become a, a preacher a minister. When did you first feel that, uh, call to be a preacher?
2: Uh, it was, it was at uproar. A lot happened at uproar. You should go to uproar.
1: Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Actually, yeah, uproar is, you should go to uproar it's the place. By um, the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, the uproar is a free youth conference that takes place in New York, just above Pennsylvania, and you can get all the information you need to get at theuproar.org, theuproar.org, and it's absolutely free. It doesn't cost you a dime to go. Tons of young people from all around the nation come together at First Arena at the end of July mm-hmm. every year, and uh, the power of God is there. Oh, yeah. No question. Big time. So you were at Uproar. So I was at Uproar when it was still in his tabernacle.
2: It, mm-hmm. it hadn't gone to First Arena yet, and mm-hmm. and Joel Stockstill was preaching. And he was preaching about I think he was preaching about end times mm-hmm. and um eternity. And he called someone up to prophesy over them, their calling. And I just remember thinking, Man, I hope he calls me, because I had no idea. Like I was mm-hmm. I was I had no clue what I was gonna do, but I was like only eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like this call that I, I really wanted to know, and I really wanted him to call me up and say, You're going to be a preacher. Mm. But so so I <laughs> I told my grandmother this and she she asked Joel Stocksdale if he could come and talk to me uh afterwards in the um in the back and uh I just remember saying to him well what am I going to do what am I going to do and he was like oh, I don't know you know he hadn't got the word from God so so the next year it was you, you were preaching and I, I don't remember the message but I remember you you called me up and you said and you prophesied over me that I was going to be a preacher and that was the that was the um
1: you know, security I needed. Wow. And the thing about it is, of course, no man calls another man to, to preach the gospel. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is the one to call you. And I didn't, I don't even think at that time, what would you have been, like 13 years oh, old? Yeah, 13. Something like that. Yeah. And I would not have known, uh, you know, you didn't talk to me about like, I don't want to be a preacher. You yeah. know, call me up. Like I don't, and I would never do, one of the things you have to be careful of is never do something Uh, Just because you want it done or because the Holy, if the Holy Spirit didn't tell you to do something, you're a fool to do it. You're a fool to do it. And I, and I'll tell you another thing. I would never, ever encourage anybody to go into full-time ministry if the Lord didn't tell them to do it. Yeah. Because it's a wonderful thing to do if you're called to do it. It's a horrible thing to do if you're not called to do it. Mm -hmm. Because if God didn't call you, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, and, and uh, there's Suzanne. She said, your desire was strong. Mm-hmm. And so in the same way, that's that's what happened to me. I was five years old in a revival service. I went up to the front, the power of God. And it's just like you know in your spirit. Yeah. You have a knowing in mm-hmm. your spirit because the Bible says, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Yeah. And a stranger they will not follow. So it's, it's nothing you can convince someone of. Right. They have yeah. to know it. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to know it for themselves. Like, I'm not a preacher because my father's one and because my grandfather was one and because right. my uncles are preachers. I had I had no plans. And let me tell you, even there were times in my life, especially in high school, mm-hmm. I was going to do other things. I wanted to do other mm-hmm. things. And uh, I was going to go out and do, and I've listed, I've told it on the broadcast before, but it, I couldn't escape what I knew my calling was. Yeah. -hmm. Even though I had, you know, my flesh had a desire to do other careers. Mm -hmm. I thought, man, it'd be cool to do this. It'd be one of the things that I wanted to do. I don't know if I ever told you. Work at MasterCard. Yeah, work at MasterCard (laughs) for the rest of my life. No, I wanted to become like a five star Michelin star chef and work like at a a resort like on an island like Hawaii or somewhere like that and be like a top chef. Wow. And uh, (laughs) you can see that if you've ever had my peanut butter and jelly, you know that I'm, uh, I'm I'm next level. But no, seriously. That was one of the one of the things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And as much as I enjoyed that thought and all those mm-hmm. things, when it came down to it, I could not escape yeah. the calling that I felt in my heart. And you know what's what I love about this? My parents never pushed me
2: mm-hmm. and
1: said, like, you need to go to Bible school. You're, you know, you're in right. a ministry family. You yeah. need to be in the They never did that to me. And I appreciate that because they never tried to force me into becoming a preacher. Yeah. And uh, I know your parents have never tried to force you yeah, okay. into becoming a preacher, mm. uh, and and I've never tried. And no 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 one in your family has tried to force you. You have to know it for yourself. Right. If you don't know it, that's a great uh, way to say it, Ryan. You can't outrun your calling. If oh, yeah. you know it, it's internal. You know it. You can't run away from it and feel peace in right. your life.
2: I, I know that if I try to do anything else in my life, I'll be miserable. Like, yeah. I just know it in my spirit. Yeah, you can I can't, feel that. I can't imagine myself going to, like, you know, be whatever. Like, try to go into music or, you know, I would be
1: miserable for yeah. the rest of my life. For sure. And that that's a sign. Like, we've talked about being led by the Spirit on the broadcast that, you know, you, you can know by the peace you feel. Mm-hmm. Like, I know by the peace that I feel... Uh, this is the direction God has me mm-hmm. to go. Yeah. Isaiah 55, verse 12, the Bible says, you shall go out in joy and be led forth by peace. Peace is a great uh, sign that you're on the track that God has for you. His peace, the peace of the Holy Spirit. That's an excellent point. And so you felt to, um, and what's really interesting to me is Alex is, is super intelligent. All all of the family, uh, his brothers, all, all very intelligent. His parents, very intelligent. You're going to be ending up uh, graduating um, high school a bit early.
2: Yeah, a year early.
1: A year early. And you're you're excited uh, to, and you're still making decisions about where you'll go, but Mm -hmm. you're excited to start studying to to become a a minister.
2: Yeah, I'm really excited.
1: And um, that's, to me, that is powerful to see young people who know. And that's one of the things we preach on the broadcast so often is that it doesn't matter how old you are, because right now you're how old? 16. 16 years old. It doesn't matter how old you are, you can be sure about what God's called you to do. You Mm -hmm. can be sure about your calling. The Holy Spirit doesn't wait until you're 18 to speak to you. Yeah. doesn't wait until you're 21 or have a driver's license. Mm -hmm. He'll speak to you when you're ready to hear. You think about the fact that Samuel in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. was a little boy. Right. And he heard the voice of God and thought that... uh, he thought that Eli was calling him mm-hmm. and yeah. he went and said, Hey, what did you call me? He yeah. said, no, I didn't call you. And he said, finally, after multiple times, he said, next time you hear it, just say, here am I Lord, right. you know? Yeah. And so you don't have to be an adult for the, for the Lord to speak to you. Yeah. He'll speak to you when you'll listen to him. Mm-hmm. I like how the Bible says it in the, um, in the new Testament, let him that has ears hear mm-hmm. what the right. spirit is saying to yeah. the church. Well, that means spiritual ears, yeah. obviously. And so it's, it's encouraging. Let me ask you uh, a final question before we pray for, for people. Um, in your opinion, what role does the Holy Spirit play for believers today? And that's including every one of those young people in school that are doing all of this. What's the importance? Why do we, why do we focus on the Holy Spirit so much?
2: Well, right off of being led by the Spirit, he's your guide into all truth. So he's he's the, the way you'll know, first of all, your calling mm-hmm. and what just small decisions you'll make, you shouldn't make it apart from the Holy Spirit. Because mm-hmm. it won't end up well. That's but, true. Yeah. So, um, he's he's your guide. Yeah, no question. Um, he's your internal witness, so you'll know like um when something is wrong. It's you yeah. don't need the law. You feel that Moses. conviction. Yeah, you feel a, a hard conviction.
1: No yeah. question. Because you know what's interesting? You talk about the conviction. There are things that what we call personal convictions mm-hmm. that right. the Bible yeah. may not specifically condemn them. But there's times that you feel wrong in doing a certain thing. And you just know that if you do it, you would be violating the uh, leading of the Holy Spirit in your own life. Right, yeah. And um, you know the Bible says, and in fact, Paul dealt with mm-hmm, that yeah. when he said people that uh, feel really convicted eating certain types of foods because mm-hmm. of the background of the food or whatever. And he said, because you're not under the law anymore, you may not feel that same conviction mm-hmm, to eat yeah. those foods. Right. He said, but you know what? If, if you do it in front of them, uh, knowing how they feel mm-hmm. um, and then keep encouraging them no you don't have to eat it yeah. you know you're causing them to violate their own conviction right yeah and uh as he said you should never cause your brother or sister to stumble mm-hmm. when they have a personal conviction that you may not hold mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. we're talking about things by the way that are not directly right. commanded in the scripture yeah. personal convictions and it's important to always listen don't Skip over or push back against the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life when He's speaking. If you've got a personal conviction, you need to obey what the Lord is telling you and 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 follow that. Be faithful to that. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit, like you said, is that inward witness mm-hmm. who who will guide you in those right. areas yeah. and tell you what you should and shouldn't do. Yeah. And then the empowerment.
2: Yeah, yeah, the empowerment to be a bold witness into all the earth. Because yeah. you can see even in the uh, life of Peter, he was he was like. He was a coward. Timid. Yeah, yeah. No yeah, he, was timid. Cowardly. yeah. He, he denied Jesus, and <laughs> yep. you know, in front of a little girl, and and then you see on the day of Pentecost mm-hmm. is when he stood up and preached to all those men. Absolutely. And it you, you'll see it like many times in Acts. And filled with the Holy Ghost, they said. Yeah, yeah. So you'll see like a supernatural boldness that you wouldn't have had.
1: No question. And you know that Paul, even I always think about this at the end of his life. You know, towards the end of his ministry. When he writes the letter to the Ephesians, Mm -hmm. he even says at the end of that letter, you know, I want you guys to pray for me that I'd be filled with boldness to speak the mysteries of the gospel. Mm -hmm. Well, you talk about a dude that was extremely bold. (laughs) You know, for him to be even humble enough to say, "Hey, pray for me, guys. I need even more boldness to proclaim the Mm -hmm. mysteries of the gospel." I always tell people, if Paul needed more boldness, we need it. Yeah, we need it. We can't be timid about what we believe and what God's called us to do. Mm -hmm. So, no question about it. So. Um, we're going to pray and I want to pray for those that are watching. Many of you, maybe you have your, your kids at home watching this broadcast because people are quarantined. Uh, but, but if not, uh, you have, you have, uh, um, you know, kids or grandkids that are in public school, encourage them to get them to watch the broadcast or listen to this podcast and encourage their faith to step out and do what God's asking them to do even mm-hmm. in public school and not to be ashamed, not to be ashamed um, uh, of what they're doing and then after we pray uh, if there's anybody that has a few questions we're going to take some questions uh, today and I know Karen had one but oh, we'll we'll take some questions here in the last uh, uh, moments of the broadcast but, but let's pray Father in the name of Jesus we pray for every person that's watching Lord for those that have children grandchildren that are in school even those that are watching that may feel timid in uh, evangelizing sharing their faith with others bringing people to the saving knowledge of Christ I pray that today you'd fill every one of them with supernatural boldness and an urgency in their heart, knowing that eternity is coming quickly. Jesus is coming soon, and there's work to be done before Christ returns. So Lord, fill us with that boldness, fill us with that urgency, fill us us with a love and a compassion for those that are unsaved. And let us speak with wisdom and see people, many people saved by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Listen, if you guys got questions, pop them in the comments quickly, if you would. And let me encourage you while you're doing that. For those that are watching me, we want to give you an opportunity to sow a seed into the kingdom of God. Literally, you are connected with a ministry that is seeing souls saved, seeing people healed, seeing people changed by the power of God on the front lines. And as we are connected together, You're sowing directly into soul winning. Karen's asking Alex, any advice? My daughter is 12 in seventh grade. Anytime I try to teach her the word, she gets resentful, oppositional and rolling her eyes, crossing her arms. How do I present it to her for her age?
2: Okay. (laughs) I know that's kind of a hard one to start with. Um, I guess keep, keep going at it. Don't, don't give up obviously, but um, she'll, she'll see. I, I, I know that I can feel, I can feel a piece about people that are, uh, Great um, men and women of God. In this house, I can feel a great peace. She'll she'll start feeling the supernatural peace of the Holy Ghost in your house.
1: Yeah, and the and the other thing too is uh, do it in love. Oh you know, yeah, so we try to force it on people yeah. that don't want to hear. But obviously, there's a reason why she's already at twelve years old like that. Mm-hmm. There's something that's because you know we don't start at twelve years old and at ten years old being resentful and oppositional. Right. Something has brought her to that place mm-hmm. and you need to pray and ask the Lord, um, what that is, how to get past that, whether it's hurt, whether it's things that have taken place in the past, you need to, to get past that and uh, show the love of God and be faithful to continue to, uh, to deliver the truth mm-hmm. to her, Karen. That's a great question. What kind of questions we got? Um, anybody wondering anything for students, children, um, yeah, superbook would be a little young for a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. But there there's uh but there are other things available for, for teens as well. And books and stuff too. Plug your book. Is that oh my book? Yeah. Which one? I don't know. you have <laughs> written like all, six. All I don't
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff available for, for young people. Um but I would encourage you and Karen, we can Uh, We can send you some resources, but definitely, I I agree with Dixie, give her some resources to read alone. Let Mm -hmm. the Lord work on her. And then one of the things I always tell people to do if there's already friction within a family unit or a loved one, pray that God will put people in their path that are not you, Mm -hmm. that will uh, share the gospel with them and and lead them in that way. Um, And of course, as a parent, you are required scripturally to raise them up in the way that they should go. So don't stop, Karen. Don't give up don't be discouraged um you know it's important it's important um Allison said her know. daughter would like to know how you hear god how do you hear god hear god
2: well <laughs> deep questions yeah, today these are okay um how to hear god
1: it's it's an internal thing it's not yeah. we're not talking about hearing Auditory. him audibly yeah. you know it's about being led by a spirit
2: yeah you'll feel a conviction and like, um, Uncle Ted said, he'll, he'll give you a piece about a decision, um, on where to go or what, what to do. Also, I'm, I'm reading, uh, Kenneth E. Hagen's book on how to be led by the spirit and it's Excellent so book. good. Yeah. So good on that, uh, subject. He That's al- a great also read. preaches about that a lot. Oh yeah, for so, sure. So yeah.
1: shall yeah, we get that out. book. If you don't, if you've never read how you can be led by the spirit of God by Kenneth E. Hagen, phenomenal book. And mm-hmm. it will, it will break some of these things down for you from scripture. Um, Really, really great book, and he's yeah. going on to be with the Lord, but that's that's the Bible school that I attended. And uh, I love still listening to him teach and preach on YouTube. I have CDs. I have MP3s. Phenomenal preacher and teacher. Um, and So you'll, right. you'll enjoy that.
2: John said, if you hear God speak today, listen.
1: Of course. Always It's, it's important to listen, <laughs> that you
2: don't have just prayer, like just you talking. It's a conversation. You have to have time that's where you point. hear from God.
1: No question. That's a great point. Teaching young people that there should be time in your prayer mm-hmm. where you're waiting for God to speak to you. Yeah. You know, don't just do all the talking.
2: Right. You know, yeah. <laughs>
1: prayer's not a, a, yeah. a monologue, it's a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so you do the most I would say the most important part of prayer oh, yeah. is hearing what he says versus him hearing what yeah. you say. Yeah. He no already he
2: knows.
1: He knows what you have to say.
2: No, thank you, Karen. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Let's see. That's a goes.
1: great, that's great, Cora.
2: Is there an online
1: college curriculum? Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Who may feel that I'm preaching in our evangelism? Ed, there is. It's Miracle Word University, miraclewordu.com. Uh, no, in all seriousness, the Lord spoke to me to launch that about two and a half years ago. And uh, we started uploading courses, uh, teaching this kind of curriculum uh, for young people, for anybody that wants to go deeper in these biblical truths, the Holy Spirit, divine healing, um, we've got things on Mount moving faith. We've got things on answered prayer. We're going to release more and more and more, but all of those can be found at uh, miraclewordu.com the letter you, dot uh, com. And I would encourage you to check it out.
2: Yeah. Let me just say something about miracle word you. I, uh, I, I took that over the summer last year, uh, the pneumatology course one, Is there two coming out?
1: Yeah, there is. Okay. On the gifts of the Spirit.
2: It was so good. So now I'm enrolled in Wave College's um, uh, Holy Spirit class. It's the same information. Like Mm -hmm. I learned it over the summer. It's the same exact information presented easily. It's so good. So when I came into that class, I already knew because of Miracle Word Use. That's awesome. You had a lot
1: of information already in the back pocket. That's good. That's excellent. Uh, Kelly asked a question to you. When you run into opposition, pushback, how do you step up to the pushback personally? Like uh, when they name call or the peer pressure to fit in, what do you personally do?
2: I wouldn't try to push back to their pushback, uh, especially with the name calling. That's just you got to take it all in laughter or whatever. You can't you can't get like angry and like let me tell
1: you something. Yeah, like, that's true. That's
2: true. <laughs> yeah, and um, what what was the peer pressure to yeah. fit in? Oh, that's a big one. You have to realize that. And this is something you said that um, you're only living. Life gets a whole lot easier when you're only living to please one person. That's true. Yeah. So you got to realize that you're not living for you know the approval of men. You you
1: only need to please. one that's person. That's a mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to develop yeah. that mindset. And 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 uh, the Lord showed me that one time. That that's not something I made up. I was praying about and in, in speaking to young people, and that phrase came to me. You know, life gets a whole lot easier when you live it to only please one person. Mm-hmm. People that are those that are people pleasers, oh yeah, you'll never be satisfied because oh, yeah. there will always be people that yeah. are not pleased with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you have to be you have to be sure mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. It's that like, you know what, others may not accept me. They may not think I'm quote unquote cool or in the in crowd, mm-hmm. but if the Lord is pleased with my life, mm-hmm. that's all I care about.
2: Right. And let me just tell you high school, if there are any high school High schoolers watching i used to think that it was like going to be four years of like i have to get this all like it's it, it goes pretty quick and now that i realize that i'm gonna graduate a year early i just realize i'm never gonna see these people again that's so true. so like i don't need to please them right and, and you're gonna see that once you start really pressing in and living for the lord and getting in the word friendships are just gonna fall away it's natural that's cause, true because you can't be unevenly yoked with someone because they don't have the same interests as you. They yep. don't have the same desires as you. So true. And it's just going to naturally, like, some of my friends that I had before, I started, like, really getting in and pressing in. I have no no real desire to hang out with them. <laughs> For
1: sure. I mean, that it's happens. just
2: It happens. But you still have to, you know, witness to them. And some
1: of them, like you're saying, won't have a desire to hang out with you. Oh, yeah. You're pressing in mm-hmm. opposite directions. And one of the things you have to remember is, like, what's forming that bond of relationship? Oh, yeah. Because sometimes mm-hmm. there's such a weak link. Mm-hmm. you know, about, well, we have this common interest of this. And when you yeah. no longer become interested in that thing, that bond of friendship you had that was based on that thing yeah. dissipates. And then you basically have nothing else to talk about. Yeah, There's like nothing else. You know what I mean? So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's important to have that mindset, you know, like mm-hmm. don't be romantic about, you know, yeah. connections because Christ and Paul were both pretty clear that, you know, connections will come and go yeah you know there'll be people that'll leave you there'll be people that can you imagine if christ's whole ministry had been completely shattered because like judas betrayed him? it's like man he was one of my 12 you know like he wasn't on the outskirts he was one of my personal 12 and he doesn't even you know can you imagine if his whole ministry would have been shattered because thomas didn't believe in his resurrection at first Mm -hmm. it's like you got to realize people are going to do what they do don't stop doing what you know to do yeah yeah Dixie said, "You'll be lucky to keep one friend from That's high That's true. <laughs> That's true. I doubt I'll know anyone. Ken's asking, besides your uncle, who has been a major influence in your walk with the Lord?
2: Um, my parents, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very big influences on me. Um, a lot of shuttles are real. So let me just tell you because <laughs> your your cousin Jonathan, he's really you know, he's really good and strong, and you know, he, it helps me a lot to you know see how other people put it. Also I'm starting to go back to you know Kenneth Hagan, Kenneth Copeland, um, Joel Stockstill is another one he's very good. He's great yeah. Uh, Cody Spencer has been one of them if he's still watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Thomas. all of these people that I've um, I, that I've heard speak or preach at like events or like just churches that they've taken me to have like, really imparted
1: something to me. That's awesome. Yeah, an impartation is an important thing, very, very important thing. Uh, that's a great I like that quote. A star will look different in the dark, be different. That's good. Oh wow. That's true. Uplifting. <laughs> I'm making it a poster. <laughs> um that's such a good thing. Let's
2: see. Seasons of relationship. That's true. It's that's true. There true are seasons.
1: Me. Divisions will happen. That's oh, right. Oh, yeah. No question they will. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are yeah, the best. They're, they're good. so funny. They're, they're funny. He's a funny man. Any high schoolers in the house? Woo <laughs> woo! <laughs> Ariana representing. <laughs> that's awesome.
2: Wow! So you can have a Well,
1: listen. Thank you to everybody that's uh, that's been sowing seeds. Thank you for those that are staying with us. Listen, by the way, um, let me just say this because the deadline is coming up. We've got Easter Sunday coming, Resurrection Sunday, and we have um, provided these on our store for all the kids, Miracle Word Kids Easter boxes. There's two versions now. The one you see on the screen. Uh, $40, which comes with the t-shirt, the journal, the slap bracelet, Easter story, tons of good candy, um, and also uh, um, the brand new Miracle Word Kids Tumblr cups. But now there's a version that has no t-shirt if you'd like it that way. Only $25. They're all available on shop.miracleword.com as well. We have on the 9th of April uh, the kids' live craft party on Facebook. Don't miss it. Got trivia. Got prizes. Be at 2 p.m., on April the 9th the brand new April missions available at miraclewordkids.com also and uh wanted to say this I mentioned it for those of you that are partnering with us this month at $100 or more we're going to send you this is one of the best books that I've ever read and it's definitely the best book on end times bible prophecy I've ever read it's called The End by Dr. Mark Hitchcock phenomenal it's a complete overview to the bible prophecy in the end of end of days end times bible prophecy so uh, this is going to be our gift to you as well. For those that are sewing this month, we say a big thank you. If you didn't get a chance to pre-order the brand new book that's shipping quickly, further faster, go to shop.miracleword.com. You can pre-order. It's shipping this month, by the way. And so I want to say a big thank you to everybody that's standing with us in partnership, everybody that's giving, and a big thank you to my nephew.
2: Thank you, Alex. Uncle said
1: for have having too. me. Yeah, thanks for being on the broadcast. Right, Great thanks for job. Having me. And uh, thank you guys for hanging with us. Thanks for the questions. We appreciate you so much. Get your kids involved. Uh, now I've got another book to add to the queue. Oh, cool. yeah. Kids Apologetics. Got to add never that in. Stops. No, I'm the doing that. The grind is real. It's real. I'm doing it. I love it. <laughs> as we're headed out, please enjoy my friend Jeremiah Yoakam as he sings Jesus is With Me. This is one of my favorite songs that he sings. It is powerful. I love you guys. We'll see you tonight, 7 p.m. Spirit of Faith Sessions. We'll talk to you very soon. Love you.
0: Well, Jesus is with me When the storm clouds together. He's standing by my side When I hear the thunder roll Just to stand sheep astray. But he that is within us is so much greater than he when we rebuke him and chase him away. Just because it's Monday night. Just because it's the first night, I can't beat the second song. That we gotta stand here and can't praise God. Nobody ever said you gotta wait till Thursday night or Friday night to shout. Nobody ever said you gotta wait till Friday night to praise the Lord. Now listen, we're gonna turn Brother Greg loose. I don't believe in singing for an hour and a half and then letting the preacher up. That's rude. So we're gonna sing for a few more minutes. And if you came to praise the lord tonight i want you to put your hands together and let god know that you love him here tonight Wait.